in my life, early years, it, 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 people came to my door, and, and, and you can ask my sister, and yelled at me. I had people follow me down the street as I walked, yelling and cursing me out. One particular day, I thought that this man, I'm mean, a huge guy, he was, he was uh, like uh, a boxer, I mean, real, he, 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 because I took his son to church, he was really mad. I thought he was going to kill me that day. He, he, everyone was gathered around his home, and I didn't know I was going to get my new convert to take him to church. And as soon as I showed up, everybody yelled and turned around and said, He is, this is the guy that took him to church. Now his life is torn around, crazy. And the I said, where is he? And I saw this huge man rock come out of his home. I said, Lord, here I come. He's all over. As he was walking towards me, I had my eyes closed, you know, and I braced myself. He's going to finish me. Even if I could fight, I couldn't take this guy on. And he walked up to me and stood right in front of me. And said, leave my yard. I said, sir, what's the matter? Could you explain what the problem is? Really in my heart, stop talking and leave this place. <laughs> don't say a word, don't argue with him. He said, I said, leave. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> and I left. And his wife took out after him and ra- walked with me all the way to my home, screaming and yelling at me. Crazy man, she says. Your life is hopeless, useless, and you want to make everybody else as hopeless and useless as you are. And she was screaming down. And I went to the Lord later. I said, God, I didn't know that this is all what Christianity is all about. I have to be dealing with this. That was not the only time I had people knock on my door saying, we drink blood. We have to give everything to the Lord. I was living for that one day. And then, I didn't know I would be here today, 2008. But I made up my mind then, nothing is going to stop me from following the Lord. You see, the Bible says, Rehoboam prepared his heart beforehand to follow the Lord. He didn't prepare his heart beforehand to follow God. Therefore, he did what was evil in the sight of God. We have to prepare our hearts beforehand to serve God. See, there is a ladder that connects every born-again Christian to heaven. A man's greatest enemy... It's not the man that's living across the yard from you. A man's greatest enemy is ignorance. We talk about mountains, mountains in our lives, mountains that we have to climb. Let me submit to you that there are no mountains anywhere. Every man's Mountain, this is ignorance. Because Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
So if you don't know the truth and you are ignorant of the truth, you have a horrible mountain in front of you. So it's knowing the truth that's important. Now, truth will always go through three phases. The first phase that truth goes through is the phase I call ridicule. The phase ridicule, people ridicule it. They don't like it. They ridicule it. Ah, what is that? This new stuff. What's that new church that's going on there? What new doctrine is this? You remember about Jesus? What new doctrine is this? What's going on? All these sinners are running after him. And uh, what prophet will go around, walking around with sinners, eating with sinners? They ridicule the truth. That's the first phase with truth. People ridicule it. And when they can't stop it, the next phase comes into play. It is violently opposed. And you saw that in the life of Jesus. They violently opposed the truth. But Jesus said, And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Then the third phase is that finally, truth is accepted as self-evident. You know, before you know about uh, Martin Luther, right? The reformer. Justified by faith and faith alone. And people were angry. They ridiculed it first. And then when he was really standing for it, we'll kill you if you do this. They got violent. They opposed it. But today, the message of salvation in the church. You receive the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. You're born again. It's self-evident. It's all, that's the truth. If you believe in the Lord, you're saved. And it's also true that there is a ladder that connects every born-again person to heaven, according to the Word of God. If you are a covenant person, you have one. You can't see it, but it exists. Jacob left home after his father had blessed him, Isaac blessed him and transferred the mantle of the covenant over to Jacob. And Jacob left his home to go to his uncle Laban. And when he got to Luz, he decided, he was, the city called Luz, he decided to spend the night that, on that particular place. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 28, verse 12 through 14, that on that night he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth where was the ladder set up? on the earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on that ladder they were ascending and descending on the ladder but the ladder was set on the earth reaching out to heaven and behold the Lord himself stood above it above the ladder reaching up to heaven and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. 
the land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Your relationship with God, that is why it's good for a man to be born again. You have, Jesus said, you must be born again. No option about that. You want to live? You must be born again. Once you are born again, then the dream begins. And when the dream begins, a ladder is set up. Your belief in Christ, your decision to take on this covenant that God has set between man and God, your decision to be part of that covenant sets up a ladder from the earth. Until you believe, no ladder is set up. It's your faith in Christ that sets the ladder up on the earth, reaching up towards heaven and God is at the top of the ladder. And from the God down and from you back to heaven, the angels take things from heaven down and things from the earth up to heaven. Every believer has this privilege. See, God showed that to, 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 uh, to Jacob. Notice something that God did. He said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Well, Abraham was his Jacob's father. His grandfather. Right? But God said, I am the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. You know why? Because God doesn't have grandchildren. No grandchildren with God. Once you come in, you receive the same blessing of Abraham. You now represent Abraham. Abraham was gone. And notice God gave the exact promise that he gave to Abraham in Genesis 12 when he called Abraham. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Basically, you now take the place of Abraham. God has no grandchildren. But that ladder exists between you and God. And God promised Jacob, he said, I will never leave you. I will be with you wherever you go. That same promise is on your life today in Jesus' name. The same promise is on your life. You know, Jacob understood that promise to mean blessings from God. And Jacob said, he took that stone and erected the pillar. And said, this is the house of God. You know, anywhere God is worshipped, anywhere God is honored, becomes the house of God. See, this, the Ark Fellowship, just this building. Guess what? You may not reverence it, but this is the house of God. So he erected that uh, pillar there before God. And you know why he did that? He knew he had no time to build an altar. 
He was on his way to see his uncle Laban. He built, he erected the pillar and then he poured oil on it. You know, that's the way they dedicated it, everything. And make it holy before God. And said, this is the house of God. And he said to God, I'm going away. Now, I'm going to make this, I received this covenant that you've given to me. And I know you're going to bless me. He said, everything that you give to me, regardless of what it is, I am coming back to this place. I'm going to build you a house here. This is a house of God. And I'll give you a tent of everything. A tent. See, it is the tent of what you possess that God has required to be for his work on the earth. This is what, in my view, is what establishes the ladder here. He says you are depending on him for his blessings. If you don't bless me, I will not be blessed. So I'm saying to you by giving you this tent that you are my shepherd. Therefore, I will not want. I'm speaking this message here in in verse 22. It says, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Can a stone be God's house? (laughs) Just one stone? No. He's saying, I'm going to build you a house here. Shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely, no doubt, give a tenth to you. You know, the reason I want to speak this message, the ladder that's connecting the earth to heaven, it starts erected, starts from the earth. To heaven for your blessings so the angels can go back and forth bringing stuff down. I am constantly praying here in this church for your blessing. I'm doing that almost every time. I want you blessed. I want God to make you. When, when I came in here the first time, I told this church that God is going to give us at least five million years. Another brother rebuked me. We need more because uh, I need to be a part of it. (laughs) And God is doing it. I am praying, I am praying that God will make you wealthy. I know, I am not, I am not a prosperity teacher. I teach what I see in the word, period. And whether somebody likes it, Somebody, another person doesn't like it, it doesn't really bother me. Because I have only one employer. He lives up there. He's the one that's paying me. Amen. But I have to tell the truth. I want you blessed. I pray for it. And I don't want my prayers to go unanswered. I want God to bless you. I want God to fill you. The Bible is clear. God said, when you build your houses and you live in your fine houses, not house, build your houses. So he's not opposed to it. With the gospel needs money to be preached around the world. I heard the other day, I had a call from Liberia. They're asking us to come to Liberia. To come and minister to them. How are we going to do it? So I want God to bless you. And I pray for that almost every day. That God will bless you so that you will not be in want. 
But what connects you to the blessing is your determination to stay connected to the ladder. The angels are going back and forth. And in Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible tells us clearly that God has sent forth ministering spirits. Why are they here? To bring down stuff from heaven into your life. For some of our lives, they have been very less busy. They're not doing much. We cannot cut ourselves off. Our church, our church has our needs met. God is using his people, they are faithful. But when I heard from my brother David, that in the church, not the Ark Fellowship, right? Because we got more than that. David, I guarantee you, we have more than that in our church. Amen. <laughs> that in the church world, that the percentage of Christians that actually give their tithe is in the single digit. That's frightening. How can you cut yourself off of the covenant? I'm not talking to, we got good people here. But if, if that's part of your life, this is why I'm speaking, because I want you blessed. I really do. I am not afraid to speak on tithe. Because I know that this is the way, the only way that God has set up on the earth for his people. He says this, this is how he blesses his people. And Jesus talked a lot about money and says give. And, and you can deceive yourself if you want. Deceive yourself. But I, I tell you, you are not a happy person if you can pay your bills. And if they're calling to take your, to take your car or to take your home, it's not fun. It's the truth. We live in the reward and God knows. And, but he is set up this way to bless us. And we need to heed it. We need to heed it. We need to receive from him. I am very grateful to the Lord. And I'm determined by the grace of God not to be in that statistic. That single digit stuff, that's not part of my life. And I encourage you to make up your mind today. I believe every one of us are doing it. But see, God is calling for faithfulness. God values faithfulness. You have to be faithful to the Lord. You're not giving to a man, but to Him. If you give water to a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Is that not what Jesus said? So don't give to just a man. When you give it to the prophet, you give it beyond the prophet to the Lord. You see, the tithe principle is a divine principle. That God himself has put himself under. You see, God showed his eternal son. Where? On the earth. So that he could receive earthly children into his divine Godhead. Right? He showed his son who was part of the Godhead. Right? On the earth. So that he could then have eternal sons from the earth, earthlings. That's just the way it is. God planted a garden in the Garden of Eden for Adam. And I, as a kid, I used to wonder as I read that story, what's going on? Why would God, you know, seek to trap a man like this? And cause us all these troubles. 
If he had not put that tree in there, then we wouldn't be in all of these difficulties we are now. But he put that tree there, knowing fully well that the guy was going to eat of the tree. I was unsaved, unregenerated, okay? <laughs> Some of you thought the same way. But what it was, God put it there, that's mine. He says, tithe. You understand what I'm saying? Don't touch it. It's mine. As long as you don't touch it, this garden is going to spread. And he says, begin to cultivate, plant the garden. The desire is cover the earth. Right? God's mind says, replenish, cover the earth. In other words, take this garden and spread it around the world. Cover the earth with your, with your children, your descendants. But that, that tree is mine. Don't touch it. The day you touch it, everything is going to wilt away. Everything will be taken from you the day you touch my tithe. And so the principle is on to today. Amen? This is a principle from, from all, all the way back there. Abraham knew. We don't know who taught, who taught him about tithing. He knew about it. No, we don't know how he was told. How he understood it. Now in Genesis chapter 14 verse 18 and 20. It says, Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought, you know, king of Salem, Jerusalem, whatever. But the king of Salem brought out bread and wine. You remember what that means? Bread and wine, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood that was shed. He brought that to the covenant person. Bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High. And Jesus was the, our chief high priest, right? He brought bread and wine. And then he blessed Abraham. And said, Blessed be Abraham of God, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who, uh, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. You see, when God blesses you, your enemies are delivered into your hands. And how did Abraham, the covenant man, respond? He gave him a tithe of all. A tenth of everything. Gave him. It's amazing when you read, then you wonder, well, how did he know to do that? He was a covenant man. Covenant people pay tithes. The tithe belongs to the Lord. He's his, not yours. God has give, separated that. And when you, when you give it to him, you're saying to him, you, you own me. And this is yours as well. Look at what the Bible says in Leviticus 27 verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of seed or of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. The Lord God is saying the tithe itself is holy. You see, when God calls something holy, you better believe it is holy. You have to take the tithe out of your home. I think it was in Hosea uh, that the prophet was saying, the people were saying, we have taken, I guess Nehemiah, i check that later, later. But he said, we have taken the holy things and your holy tithe out of our home. So we need your blessings now. Because when you keep the tithe, you have no room in your home for God to bless. The tithe is the Lord's. 
many times Christians will give a check and they'll say, well, I want this tithe, this is my tithe, but I want it to be used this way. You don't have that right. See, it's like me coming into your home and I say, hey, uh, John, I just found this $100 bill over here by your television. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad we have $100. And John is looking, we? Yeah, let me tell you how we are going to spend it. We're going to go to that great restaurant over there and we'll spend about $89 for it the, and then we'll give the rest. Of the, that's my $100, right? Say yes. Are you telling me how we're going to spend it? The tithe belongs to the Lord. You don't tell him how to spend it. And when God set this up, he said, he told the children of Israel, he said, the tithe you will pay to the house of Levi. The land was divided into 12. But Joseph was divided into two, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one of the children replaced uh, Joseph because you don't have the tribe of Joseph, right? One of the children replaced Joseph and, uh, and the other one replaced Levites. And God said, don't give the Levites any land. They are not supposed to work. They are not supposed to plant. They are not supposed to have any kind of business. Their job is to minister to me in the house of God. But the rest of you, walk the land. I will bless you. But give a tenth of anything that you make to the Levites so they don't have to leave my house and go looking for a job. Now, whenever the children of Israel turn their hearts from God, and they stop giving. The Levites don't beg them. The Levites will leave the house of God. They go back to the land. They buy land and they will start, they will start farming and trying to make a living. And then guess what comes on the people of Israel? Judgment. Everybody suffers it. And when they repent, the Levites are encouraged to go back and leave everything. And then God begins to bless them. That's the way God has set it up. And we must follow through with what God has recommended for us so that we can be blessed. The tithe is the Lord. The tithe was before the law. You have to understand. I've had Christians tell me, well, we don't believe that Christians in the New Testament were tithe, should tithe. Now, again, truth goes through three phases. Remember? The first phase is his ridicule. The second phase, they will violently oppose it. But then it becomes self-evident. There is no way you can oppose it. It is the truth. You know, the last, some time ago, Pastor Andy told our church, and please get me, I have to say this. Our church, we are not in need of finance. We have money. We have money. It is the truth. I may not say this probably for the first time. We're actually looking for a van to buy a second van for the youth. And we'll buy it. We are not in need. I'm not saying this so that, you know, because pastor is hungry. No, no, no. I'm looking for your good. I'm looking for your blessing. This is for your own good. So that God will bless you. So we can have to do God's work. And you have to take care of your home. Make a commitment to be faithful to the Lord. Make a commitment to be faithful to the Lord. The tithe was before the law. Jesus said, you Pharisees, you have forgotten the weightier matters of the law. Mercy, justice, and faith. 
He said, this you ought to have done and not to leave the other one undone. And he was talking about paying your tithe. You should not leave that undone. The tithe is just the basics. That's the basic part of you living for God. And if you cannot do that, I, I wonder if you'll be willing to give your life if you have to be killed. You won't. Like Paul, you, you can't even pay your tithe. Now they are trying to take your life. Forget it. Why were you keeping your tithe back before? Because of your life, right? You were holding back to your tithe because if I give it to this, look at the pastor. He just bought a new car. That's my tithe. Oh, really? Huh? I'm not giving it. I'm holding it back. You're trying to, I got bills to pay. Why are you trying to support your life, right? And here comes a guy with a sword and says, are you a Christian or with a gun? Hey, I don't even know that pastor. I can't guarantee. I haven't seen him not one day of my life. I never saw him before. You've been in that church? Never. I don't even know what it looks like. What church are you talking about? Never been there. You can ask them. They've never seen me before. If they said they saw me, they saw me there before, they're lying. I've never been there. You're a liar. They're <laughs> trying to protect your life. Weightier matters of the law. Justice. Mercy. Faith. Paul said that the, 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 let me read it for you. Galatians 3.17 And this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect. You see, the promise of God from the covenant of God blessing you. You know the covenant blessing? Come out of the land. Come out of your home. And I'll bless you. And I'll make your name great. Everyone who blesses you will be blessed. Anyone who curses you will be cursed. And he says the law is not going to annul those blessings. Those blessings were there before the law. How did the blessings come to them? They also had to pay tithe, right? Abraham was before the law. Jacob was before the law. Tithe is of the New Testament. Paul said when you gather in the first day of the week, the day of the Lord, get yourself ready as to what you are, prepare yourself as to what you're going to give to the Lord. So it is of the New Testament. Faithfulness is really required of the Lord. Faithfulness. We have to be faithful. The reason why things don't work, you see, God has a way, and this is the truth. People, brothers and sisters, please listen to me. God's ways are different from our ways. His thoughts are different from our thoughts. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they didn't realize that what they were doing were making, was so bad that it was making God mad. They were shocked when God would come and kill thousands of them for this little thing. In their mind, what with the mind? This is simple stuff. I mean, just little disobedience, you're gonna kill all of us. And sometimes they got so mad, and God will open the earth and swallow them up. Uh, when we disobey God in that little thing, it makes it makes a lot of difference in what happens to your future. You see, God selected Saul as his king for his people. 
the king for his people. And gave Saul an instruction. He said, I want you to go to the Amalekites and kill all of them. Saul went. He killed everyone, but he, he saved the animals. And he saved the king. And in his mind, he had obeyed the Lord. But then God went to Samuel and said, I regret that I made Saul king over my people. God said, I regret. He said, because he has not obeyed my voice. What did he tell him to do? Go and kill the Amalekites. What did he do? He went and he killed the Amalekites. The only problem, he didn't follow through. He went, he had just what we call half obedience. With God halfway obedient, he's no obedience at all. And God said, because he has done this, I'm going to take the kingdom from him. You slash yourself off your blessings by going halfway and not following through. You must give everything up to the Lord. God requires faithfulness. You can't give today and then tomorrow you quit giving when it's not when things get bad and then you come back again. That's why God took the children of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. He said, I took you through the wilderness 40 years and allowed you to suffer all of these things you went through because I was trying to find out what was in your heart. So the heart matters to the Lord. So you prepare your heart and determine in your heart, I'm not going there. I will stay faithful to the Lord. Look at what Jesus said, and I will close with this. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust, take note of the word, unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, this is money now. If you have not been faithful, so guess who is watching your faithfulness? God! That the things He's put in your hand, He knows. You can tell somebody, well, I, I, you got $10,000, but then you can say, well, I only got 8000 Well, the thing is, you know you can tell Uncle Sam that. Give what is God to God. And what is Uncle Sam to Uncle Sam? <laughs> Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another, ma- another man's, who will give you what is yours? You know, the another man, that's the Lord himself when it comes to time. The tithe belongs to him. He's his. And when you use his own tithe, then what truly belongs to you will not come. This is why, why I'm talking to you today. I want what truly belongs to you to come to you. By you making your heart, preparing your heart to do what is right before God. I do not make it a practice of calling and finding, going to check who pays what. In this church. I don't do that. So it's really up to you and your God. Really up to you and your God. It's not my practice to do that. But I want God to bless you. It's not just money blessing. 
when that ladder is established and the angels are going up and down it's not just money they are coming from heaven with all the time other stuff as well peace in your home but I can't find any other thing that was said with regards to this ladder and Jacob except the time Amen? amen Jacob knew if I have a relationship with God I will be blessed he will be giving stuff, he will be giving stuff to me and God I'm coming back surely with the tenth. Amen. I'd like you this morning to first, like Paul said, they gave themselves first to us. First to the Lord and then to us. I'd like you to give yourself today totally to the Lord and make a commitment that even if it hurts, I will do it. Now let me tell you how it was going to happen. If you make that commitment and you're serious, it's noted in heaven. And things may not get easy. But God is watching to see if you will quit. Don't forget. He's watching. He's trying your heart to see if you really meant it. And after the trouble, he says, the trial that we go through is just for a moment. Once that moment is true, it's like, what happened to you? You were broke last year. <laughs> What's going on here? I've seen that happen. My family... I know God is blessing us greatly. I can tell. And it seems like God is keep, he's wanting to open more doors for his blessing. But I am determined. I am determined. I'm not like pastors who said all the money goes to pastor or whatever. And they know, I'm not supposed to pay tithe because I am the pastor. No. I pay my tithe. And I give to the, the building fund. I was giving maybe a year or more before we started taking money for building funds. Right, Pastor Wendy? Yes, I was doing that. I'm not doing it for you. For him. I want him to bless my family. I want my children blessed. I want your children blessed. These children are going to be great. Young people, make up your mind today. Please. Before God. Forget what the world is saying. Establish your destiny. By establishing the place of God's ladder. Planted on the earth. Reaching up towards heaven. Jesus at the very top. Sending the angels down. Bringing loads of goods. Peace. Joy. Everything that you need. The Lord then becomes your shepherd. And what does the scripture say? The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. What does he do? He makes me to lie down where? Yes. You turn to the right, you got green. You turn to the left, you got green. It's all green. When he is your Lord and you've made him. Would you stand up with me this morning? Establish it. You see, God cannot lie. If he is your shepherd, you will not know want. Don't look at your own resources. Don't look at your own abilities. Look to him and be sold out to him. They'll mock you today. You will suffer ridicule today because you're locked into the truth. They may violently oppose you. But afterwards, the truth will be clear, self-evident. As they look at your life, 
you will now become the light that they didn't see when you started off. Amen? Let's commit to the Lord. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord? Commit everything to the Lord. Hold nothing back. And desire His blessings upon your life. If you don't desire it, God will not give it to you. The Bible says God gives the desires of the heart of the righteous man. So desire, have some desire in your heart. Let the desire be greater than yourself. If you can meet that desire, then you don't need God. But let that desire be greater than you are. It may be a desire to reach out to the world. It may be a desire to bring more people to Christ. It may be a desire to give thousands and thousands of dollars to the gospel. It may be a desire to go to the far east and win more people to the Lord. It may be a desire to give Bibles to everyone that you come in contact with. Let that desire be to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, I bless your people. Your people are truly blessed. There is no enchantment against the people of God. There is a king among them. There is a king that's walking with them. They will never lack anything that's good. According to your word, the enemy will not be able to do a thing to them. During the day and at night, they are protected. The children protected with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, they are prosperous. They are having good success in life. Good success. Because the Lord is our shepherd. You have prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He can only look in. He can do nothing about it. Can do nothing about our table. Because the Lord prepared it. We're grateful to you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for for giving yourself so totally to us that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you have abundant life. You have abundant life. Yes. And you're blessed with this means. God bless you. Amen.